Live from South Florida. The Brian Mudd Show starts right now. Now, now. News Radio 610 WIOD. leak of thousands of pages of internal documents raising more questions about Facebook and whether the social media giant has fueled hate. Facebook whistleblower Francis Hogan provided redacted documents to Congress. Facebook makes more money when you consume more content. Hogan, who testified before Congress earlier this month, spoke in front of the British Parliament. It fans hate, right? Anger and hate is the easiest way to grow on Facebook. Yeah, and uh, yesterday even was an interesting day on Capitol Hill because yet another hearing, this time not with you know Facebook specifically, although Instagram was one of the companies that was testifying uh, along with, oh, my TikTok was in the mix. That's the other one. And yeah, shoot, I want to say WhatsApp. That's not going to be right. Anyway, yeah, kind of an interesting dynamic. Then you also you get into uh, the whole China component to TikTok as well. And I'm curious to talk about all these uh, different dynamics in play with our kids often in the crosshairs with somebody who's an expert at all this. Chris Riley, he is an R Street resident fellow over Internet Governance, also worked at Mozilla. And uh, Chris, what do you make of this kind of a level of awareness now that um, we we seem to be coming across with the Facebook drop of, of information, the whistleblower, and the increased interests congressionally as well? Uh, I think it's a really important development that we are growing more and more aware of what's going on, and more importantly, I would say what the consequences are of just such a massively complex system, which is social media and the modern-day Internet. Yesterday's hearing was really nice in that it helped remind us that this isn't just about Facebook. While Facebook is the largest of these uh, systems, and as a consequence of that, I, I would argue, has, has generated the most problems, it's not just about Facebook. We have a, a broader dynamic here of online harms and, and people who are engaging in, <laughs> frankly, unpleasant behavior with each other, and, and just the things that go from that are just so massively complicated. It, it can be hard at times to, to think about a clear path forward. Kudos to my wife, by the way. She picked up on one was struggling to locate mentally. Snapchat was one. So, yeah, your, your three yesterday were uh, you, you had YouTube, you had Snapchat, you had TikTok, and then you also had Instagram in, in the mix yesterday. Okay, so along the lines of, of what you're talking about, uh, is, is there anything that you believe requires congressional action at this time? Because increasingly we're hearing that Congress wants to do something. The question is, what's that something? And... You know, should action be taken? And do you think Congress is competent to be able to establish policy effectively? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I I will say I do very much believe there is a role for the federal government at this point in time. Certainly the political apparatus is itching to engage. I've sometimes described this as saying, I feel like there are many, many policymakers who are, are going to find a way to carve a pound of flesh out of big tech companies, whether that's via content-related regulation whether it's via antitrust, whether it's via a more aggressive privacy law, I think something is going to happen. I don't know what that something looks like, and I'm, I'm worried that there's a chance that that something will end up being unconstructive. So a lot of the energy in the Facebook context is centered around Section 230, which is a famous provision of American law that grants immunity to companies who facilitate user communications and content online. And that law has actually been very important 
for the history of the internet as a business. So I'm keeping a close eye on this space. I do expect Congress to do something. I think the government could be very constructive if it's facilitating a conversation and multi-stakeholder engagement and really trying to go even further on the depths of understanding that we've been building of this space and of how we can make some progress. But I am worried about the possibility of bad directions here as well. Chris, um, I want to tap into your expertise here for a moment and something that is slightly off topic, but related. And that is TikTok. Something that came up yesterday during the hearing was the China component. You know, obviously the Trump administration made this a huge deal and it went away uh, with the the Biden administration, but it is is still in the here and now. So you had representative from TikTok that said, look, all of our data is stored in the United States. And they were kind of elusive about the parent company, which is a Chinese company. In your level of expertise, is there any doubt that the Chinese government, if they want information about Americans that is on that platform, is there any doubt but that they can access it? Or is having that data stored in the United States really somehow or another uh, providing a, a firewall from the Chinese government? I would argue that the resources of the Chinese government are sufficient that if they dedicate their uh, full energies to getting data, <laughs> they're probably going to find a way to do it no matter where yeah. it is. But um, I, I think that there's no such thing as a perfect defense in this context. I don't know. I don't know the specifics of how the data is being stored. I don't know what kinds of legal agreements are in place between TikTok and ByteDance to try to insulate and make the company independent. I certainly believe that it is possible through a combination of technical protections, legal agreements, and some sort of points of monitoring and uh, ways of, of keeping an eye on the potential traffic pathways. I think it's possible to insulate, but I think it's unlikely, to be totally honest. Yeah, not the kind of thing that Xi Jinping tends to allow his companies to <laughs> to engage in that level of and, independence. Yeah, and I would say, I mean, TikTok, uh, the American company has hired some very good lawyers and some very good policy people. I know several people who have gone over there who I'm confident are dedicated to protecting the privacy rights and the data of American citizens and their good. jobs as employees of TikTok. But I just, it's, I, I share your skepticism. You know, push comes to shove. I, I wouldn't feel very, uh, I, would be, I would be worried. Chris, awesome. Thank you for your for sharing the information, the expertise. It's appreciated. My pleasure. It's Chris Riley. Again, he is a uh, senior fellow, R Street, over the Internet Governance Division, and he previously worked at Mozilla. Natalie, in a trending story up next here on the Brian Mudd Show, News Radio 610 WIOD.